your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Friday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Oh, dang it, Tregoski. You know what I forgot to do? Broncos bravado. <laughs> Broncos bravado. Unbelievable. I, 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 last week, I was so good. You you had it ready right when the show started. Yeah, and then this week, I just didn't do it. Here we go. Lacrosse Talk PM on a Friday. That was really loud. Wow. Mike Hayes, man. <laughs> his headphone he's got to turn his headphones up so loud. <laughs> oh, that hurt my ears. All right. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh what do you want to talk about? There's there's a we could go build back better plan. Yeah. We could we could do You know, it looks like the end the finish line might finally be in sight for the Democrats there. This has been months and months and months in the making. And I think there's a lot of frustration within the Democratic Party about just what seems to be endless negotiations, not with Republicans, but with themselves, how they can't come to an agreement on what this Build Back Better proposal should look like. I think they might be near the finish line there. 15 minutes ago, headline, delay, okay. delay. <laughs> Delayed it again. Well, just, this, ki- just kidding, just kidding. I, They're still negotiating. I would say when, when, the media, when the media says the Democrats are doomed because the governor won in Virginia, uh, I, I would say that the governor won in Virginia straight up because these bills haven't passed. That's like my theory. Well, and because of Joe Biden's lower approval rating, but Rick, but his they approval, might be related, though. They but, might be yeah, related. His approval rating. If we pass the thing that's going to give people paid time off, yeah, like, I, this, this is a no-brainer. I think one of the big unanswered questions of the week is: Would the Democrats have won the Virginia gubernatorial race if they had passed the key pieces of legislation in Congress, the Build Back Better proposal and the bipartisan infrastructure bill, would that have made the Democratic Party brand more popular, Joe Biden more popular, in a way that would have maybe helped the Democratic candidates in Virginia? It's a question that we'll obviously never know the answer to, but what we do know is that the Democratic Party is hurting right now as far as Joe Biden's approval rating, as far as their ability to get this thing passed through Congress finally so we could just talk about other things that that completely makes sense that the approval rating would drop when you're fighting with the other joe the most powerful joe joe manchin the (laughs) maserati driving yacht living joe manchin he's literally trying to get out of a parking garage the other day while protesters are you know save us joe then he's like trying to run he's not trying to run over protesters but he's slowly inching forward in his eighty thousand dollar car and it's just like the 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 way that looks is it's really pathetic. Like, well, okay, we've got senators driving Maseratis and living on yachts. Come on. Well, Rick, I know you like to think about optics, and the optics of that one pretty bad, pretty bad to have a senator high flying like that in a sweet car in a houseboat. Looks 
kind of out of touch. Doesn't look great from an optics standpoint. Well, it doesn't look great. And also, he loves that. Joe Manchin loves this. Like you, when when protesters are are yelling at him on the sidewalk about climate change and save us, Joe. He's he's kind of annoyed, but he's you can see like a smirk because there's cameras and he knows like look how important I am because these people are just like I feel like senators and maybe senators are more than Congress people are like professional athletes where they love some of this attention. They love to be the center of the attention. They feed on this. They're weirdos. These people get to be weirdos because, you know, they're probably like that much attention probably isn't easy to take on, on one's on, you know, to oneself. Like it's a hard thing to, to navigate. Rick, I think Ron Johnson gets more media attention than every house member of Wisconsin combined. Like you combine the media coverage that eight, the the eight house members from wisconsin get i bet you ron johnson on his own exceeds that all right number three's calling in he's gonna yell at us college dudes number three go ahead you're on is this the mutton jeff talk show (laughs) he did this to us last week i forgot what that means again i haven't called all week no last friday you did this to us too you called it i haven't bothered you the whole week i know what's up with that you get a lot of trick-or-treaters number three yeah you give out toothbrushes, pennies, or... Oh, no, I told you I gave out Hershey's. You give out the good stuff. You know what I forgot? The worst trick-or-treat candy... The worst thing to give trick-or-treaters, you know what one I forgot? Pencils. What's that? Pencils, when people give out pencils. And my wife mentioned... My my wife (laughs) mentioned raisins. I never got one of them. Raisins. You should give out raisins, number three. All right, what you got? Yep, go ahead. I was wondering if the professor seen Coconut Joe talking today on television... I did not, number three. What did he say? I want to know why he'll never take a question about the border. As soon as he gets done yakking, he turns around and goes right out the back door. When when somebody asks him about the border, then he leaves? Yeah, he don't want to take any questions. All right. He wouldn't even, you wouldn't even take a question how his love life was. He just don't want to talk to anybody. Well, was there a helicopter around? We got to wait until there's a helicopter around before these presidents answer questions. No, I don't know if there was a helicopter there or not. Okay. But, I mean, it's funny that, you know, my good friend, Mr. Trump, he'd take questions after he got done talking. But this guy don't want to answer any questions or talk about anything that's important, right. like the price of gasoline or... You know, food shortages, the open border, there's over a million people here now. Are we having food shortages here? Oh, yeah. Where? They tell me there is. I haven't found any yet. Who's they? The, the news people. Which, okay. Are we having, uh, how's the border on Canada look? Are we having a crisis up there, too? No, they don't bother them up there. We don't care about there's that side. Southern people coming in from down south. Yeah, right. You know, down in the warmer climate. And then has gas gone up? Quite a bit. Yeah, since? it's gone up. It cost me another. Well, it cost me another ten dollars to fill up today. Fifty-two dollars. It cost you another ten dollars because it, gas has gone up a dollar a gallon. Yeah. Because well, I go just about every day someplace, you know. Well, it's gone up a dollar. It's gone up like twenty cents since in, in like the oh, past no, gas year. Gas is up over a dollar from last year. So in the middle of the pandemic, when nobody was traveling and the gas was ninety nine cents a gallon, we should just well, go I from there. Travel doesn't make any difference. All right, I'll let but you go. I mean, he's got to start taking these questions that 
people are concerned about, you know? Yeah, okay. Well, uh, thanks for the call, number three. I got to let you go. I got to get Brad doing the news here. Um, we'll, we'll continue the conversation when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. So looked it up. Number three is right. A year ago, gas was a dollar cheaper a gallon. Mm-hmm. So right when Joe Biden took over the presidency, which would have been, well, he won the presidency, which would have been exactly, almost exactly a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then we just, the gas shot right up a dollar, right? Probably right that next day, I'm guessing. I don't know. <laughs> next day. But it has nothing to do with the pandemic, has nothing to do with oil production overseas or here um, it's all, it all has to do with the pipeline that Joe Biden shut down, I'm guessing. Just trying to analyze the reasons behind gas prices is enough to give you a headache because there's the pandemic, there's supply issues, there's politics, international relations. I mean, there's a story on the AP Wire about Joe Biden asking OPEC to start producing oil or gas or however you however they produce it you know overproduce it so the price goes down he's like you know so the price goes down here he's he's trying to do that when gas was like a 99 cents a gallon is right when russia and whatever middle eastern country you want to talk about that's that that has the oil control uh, they were fighting with each other to to basically screw each other who could screw each other worse by overproducing oil at at an in, like such a rate that Price, and then combine that with that was when there was shutdowns worldwide, so nobody was using gas, and they were overproducing it, which dropped to ninety nine. It's cents these huge international events that really cause gas prices to move. I do think presidents can have an effect on gas prices at the margins, but this is another issue, Rick, where I think we overestimate the influence presidents have, and that's for Donald Trump, that's for George W. Bush, that's for Obama, that's for every president. I think people like to think that presidents have control over all of this stuff that they really don't. I think Joe Biden probably does have an ability to make a difference on gas prices a little bit, but not to the extent that maybe we would want him to have. You know, I don't think he can sort of snap his fingers and reduce gas prices by a dollar, get us back to where we were last year. Donald Trump can, though. He, well, yeah. Snap his fingers. <laughs> uh, I think Will's calling in. Will, Will, go ahead. You're on the air, man. Yeah, so I'm I'm just wondering why you guys are so condescending to to callers that don't agree with you. Um, the last guy, what do you call him? Number three. Yeah, he calls uh, Wait, all the time. We're good friends. Weekly, yeah. We love number I three. I guys once in a while. Um, so, you know, he he made the comment about the open borders, and you completely just uh, kind of brushed by it and talked about the Canadian border. Well, we know damn well what border he's talking about, so why don't we talk about that border? Well, it was a joke, you know, and like, I had yeah. Thanks, Will. I gotta let you go. Uh, it was a joke, and I had to get the break, so I just made it. I ha- I always want to make a joke about the Canadian border because we don't worry about it for some reason. Look, number three is correct that Joe Biden doesn't want to talk about the border because it's a terrible issue for him mm-hmm. and political parties and politicians don't want to talk about issues usually that. They pull terribly on Joe Biden pulls terribly in the court of public opinion when it comes to the border. So to the extent that he can talk about other things, he will do that. I mean, it's just a matter of political strategy on his part. I mean, in general, I would say every president probably would just rather assume not talk about 
the border because it's always yeah. a problem. There, there, there's, there are never easy solutions with the border, and there are always problems with the border. I think Donald Trump really embraced the border as a symbol of America's broader immigration issues. But with Joe Biden, it's just not a good issue for him. And so he can be fairly criticized for avoiding the issue. That's completely fair game. But we should also recognize that it's just strategy on his part. We've provided no solutions to what happens at the border. Donald Trump provides the easiest of solutions. We'll build a wall, a wall that you could reach through. If you wanted to sell your drugs, you'd just reach through the wall and, and hand the drugs through. Because it wasn't a wall. It was more of a fence. And then um, Joe Biden, you know, the, the, as, as more and more people are coming up, we never address the problem of why people are coming to the border, though. And if, I guess anytime anyone wants to, like, one talk about the crisis at the border i would say how about, how about the crisis south of the border well yeah and joe biden has been talking to the extent that he has talked about this issue he's been talking about the root causes of people coming across the southern border he's been talking about the deeper causes but that doesn't make for a great political slogan to talk about i'm going to talk about the root causes of this issue that's there's nothing politically appealing about that it's not a good bumper sticker it's not a good slogan build a wall was a phenomenal slogan for donald trump it became one of the chants at his rallies so joe biden just talks about this issue in a way that doesn't play well politically and doesn't translate itself to a bumper sticker um there's probably a little element of racism going on here too in in terms of you know we don't want people from south of the border coming to uh the united states and Gee, I wonder why. There's a little element of that. Well, we could go to the Biden rally, Rick, and chant, let's solve the root causes of this problem. Build a let's bridge. Let's solve the root causes of this problem. What if we started building bridges <laughs> over the Rio Grande? Just build a bridge. Build a bridge. Multiple bridges. And then we we can, if we have a, we have a, you know, if people need to get jobs, we could hire a whole bunch of immigration workers to help vet these people. There's all kinds of jobs to be had there. If there's so many people at the border, well, then let's give a million people jobs to vet the people coming over here at the border. If they want to live here, great. I, who wouldn't want to live here? Why wouldn't you come across the border? We just disproved our point. There are easy solutions, it turns out. Just running for office. Nah, should I you, jump you into should. the Senate race? I mean, I'm going to run against Ron Johnson. You should. I'm going to run against Ron Johnson as a Republican. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I guess the, you know, the, the greater issue, and number three also brought up food shortages. There are food shortages. If you go to Chipotle, I can't get onions and green peppers. My wife has been complaining about that for a solid two months at this point. Yeah. So what are, what's going on? Do, do we have we solved? Do do we need to solve the farming issue tonight? I maybe she's gonna vote a certain way in the midterms because of the lack of fajita vegetables at Chipotle. And that's the only. I won't get Chipotle if I don't. I like. I've been in line and they're like, yeah, we don't have the fajita and we don't have we don't have green peppers and onions and I'm out. I'm like, sorry, I'm out. Hey, hey, Chipotle. Like I, every time I go to the grocery store, I can buy green peppers. There is not a food shortage of green peppers at either any of the grocery stores. I've never gone there and gone, man, you're out of green peppers. Never. So I don't understand what Chipotle is doing. It's, I mean, it is this stuff that impacts people's practical day-to-day lives, though. So I think like number three is on to something when he talks about gas prices. That is going to have an effect politically. Chipotle not having fajita vegetables. Maybe that'll have an impact politically. That's going to come up soon enough. I mean, Chipotle is rather new here. I think maybe people haven't experienced yeah, it yet. Great first impression, Chipotle. Yeah, and thanks a lot, Chipotle. Yeah. Um, Eric from Sparta is calling. Let's do this. Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. 
Yeah, I was kind of wondering, uh, you guys, I know you're both liberals. Don't tell me you're not, Mr. Zagoski. Let me ask you this. Do you think um, <laughs> critical race theory, racism, and uh, everything else in the world, equity, are the only, re- only answer people get when, they, when Biden gets in trouble? He starts putting out this nonsense. It's BS, and you know this is an equal country, equality country, not equity country, because equity equals socialism. Do you understand that? No. Nope. I'm sure you don't, because you're a fool. Okay. I love the, like, it's a, he didn't get it, not a great one there. I have a landline phone right here. I love the. I wanted the slam yeah. of the phone at the end there. Eric, he didn't slam it as hard. You could hear the cord rattling, though. Um. I don't even know what what is it. Okay, first of all, not a liberal. I'm probably more progressive than liberal, which would mean I'm more socialist than uh, the opposite. What is it? So Eric is actually underplaying things with you. Yeah, he's definitely underplaying. I would say that I'm, but I'm only a progressive in the fir- in the in the fact that I want universal health care. But I don't care who runs it. It doesn't have to be the government. Somebody could. We just need somebody to run it. I'm I'm a little sketchy about the government running it because we'll see what goes on with the rest of the government as lobbyists get involved and then corporations pay these lobbyists and then universal health care will be run by some corporate under underneath everything and and it'll get ruined. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say I'm not a liberal, but Eric said that I can't say that. <laughs> you can't say I that. I can't even say it. Unbelievable. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You know what I probably didn't do at all, Chagoski, is introduce you. Hmm. I don't think I did. I mean, mm-hmm. we played the theme music. We had you talk a little bit, but we, I don't think I technically did introduce you. And maybe a little bit because we were recording before the show a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, UW Lacrosse, political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski, and here is he is most Fridays. Um, and we were talking uh, uh, during the break about uh, what were we talking about before the break? forget now gas prices I yeah feel like but um so the the and we, we did we did start to hit on this the build back better plan is going to be delayed again and, again and we and i think the the media takeover for the week is how uh democrats are doomed because they lost the virginia governor's race right is is that uh, it seems really stupid to me to point to one state in a weird a weird year like a a year after a presidency, three years from or a year from the next. We live in a country where our attention spans are so small that as soon as this Build Back Better infrastructure plan, if there was an election three weeks after that, like Democrats would probably win because, but they're so crappy at what, telling people what is in this bill. Because I I look at the bill and I'm like, I don't see what's wrong with any, a, a lot of this stuff. There's, there's some stuff that maybe you know, one side or the other, be like, eh, I don't know about that. But man, there's there's some stuff in this bill that I just, I, I don't know. I, but they don't do a great job of telling us what's in the bill. Well, there's been so much focus on the process, the negotiations among the Democrats, Manchin and Cinema in the Senate versus the progressives in the House. There's been so much emphasis on the negotiations within the party that the party hasn't really had the chance to sell the actual contents of the bill. Well, also funny is there's emphasis on Joe Manchin versus Joe Biden, right? Mm-hmm. The Maserati driving Joe Biden, Manchin. I, I learned he drove a Maserati last night, so now I'm going to just say that all the time. 
But we never talk about like zero Republicans are voting for the bill, a bill that's going to give uh, tax breaks to, you know, regular folk, I would say, households earning 150 grand a year or less. Um, There's, you know, like there's a nice article on Wisdom that tells you what's in and out of the bill. And it's going to give universal pre-K. So uh, that's like what, three and four year old kids. It's going to give 40 billion provided for higher education and workforce development. It's going to in health in the healthcare field, Medicare would be expanded to cover hearing aids. And um, what they did take out, though, they took out dental and out of the bill. Like, why envision? What are we doing? Well, because your teeth and eyes aren't part of your body. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we yeah we talk about how Joe Manchin's fighting Joe Biden on you know and Joe Manchin, a guy who owns you know in in one way or the other the coal industry in his state. So, you know, when it comes to climate change, I don't know. It just seems it seems really stupid the way we attack this. But maybe it's the media's fault. Rick, the Democratic theory of this, and you can agree or disagree with this theory, is that people will really like what's in the bill when they actually find that out. Of course, that will require the Democrats getting their act together when it comes to messaging. But that people will really like the bill and they will reward the Democrats with, not getting shellacked in the 2022 midterm elections. What's, what's the messaging for Republicans when they don't want to vote for the bill? Well, they're going to sell it as a big government takeover socialism. They're going to sell it as it's Joe Biden's Joe Biden's big government plan. That's how they're going to sell it. They're not going to focus on the individual elements of the bill. So nobody's focusing on what's in the bill. No one really is. Like the Democrats are all caught up in process and negotiations and internal bickering. And the Republicans are more focused on the broader idea that this bill represents a huge socialist big government, liberal, whatever you want to call it. Expanded package. expanded tax credits for insurance premiums tied to the Affordable Care Act would be extended through 2025. Also, the bill is supposed to be like over 10 years. Well, that one ends in 2025. That's not 10 years down the road. So we, we've talked about that. Right. How we, we, we lump this into the... Also, like we could just vote on every one of these one at a time. <laughs> yeah. I say this every week. We, let's vote on uh, expanding the tax credits for Affordable Care Act insurance premiums. Or we just get rid of the insurance companies because we're just, hey, we, we can't pay the insurance companies. So let's give tax credits so that we can pay the insurance companies, the middleman, to allowing us to get health care. It's the core dilemma for Democrats because this is a huge negotiation. And every week, what's in the bill, what's not in the bill seems to change. And every week, there's debates about what should be in and what shouldn't be in. And that distracts people from what is actually at stake here. And it allows the Republicans to have an advantage when it comes to messaging, to talk about sort of the broader symbolic implications, if you will, of this bill, that it represents socialism and big government. And it prevents the Democrats from getting to work in selling the aspects of this bill. So, Rick, I'm not surprised that Joe Biden's approval rating has really suffered in the last two or three months because the Democrats have been just involved in this family feud, this internal bickering, this internal divide, and they haven't been proactively selling their agenda. So 
of course Joe Biden's approval rating is going down. And of course the Democrats struggled in the elections this week. None of that's surprising. The only hope for Democrats is that they can turn things around by the time we get to November 2022, that Joe Biden's approval rating is up, the economy is better, the pandemic is better. Those are the three factors that will shape the midterms. Um, we are still going through a pandemic, and I'm just going to reel it back to healthcare. I probably could do a healthcare show every day. Um, I don't know, was it the Joe Biden election or two years before that, that Democrats like made sweeping, like just like swept almost the, the, the elections because of health care. The 2018 midterms, the Democrats made health care their signature issue and it worked. Did we just forget that that was a thing? Because in 2020, Joe Biden goes through a president. Did we forget health care then? And why are we forgetting about health care now? We're going through a pandemic. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And Rick, we talked earlier about how certain issues are better for certain parties, how immigration and the border are a much better issue for the Republican Party than the Democratic Party, how health care is a much better issue for the Democratic Party than the Republican Party. So, I mean, if you're a wise politician, you'll just talk about the issues that favor your party. That's why Joe Biden should be talking about health care and not about the border and why Republicans should be doing the opposite. It would be cool to and I don't want to get stuck on the border any more than you do, because it's just it's like we could do the whole show on the border. But it would be cool if Democrats decided to, okay, like we're going to like, let's break down what's wrong at the border, Mm -hmm. because then we we might get into a very complicated issue about what happens way south of the border beyond, you know, what happens in South America. And then Republicans can go, okay, well, like and then what, what how what's your solution to the border? Because theirs is just like push people back to the other. But that doesn't actually solve the problem with humanity. Like Democrats want to solve the problem with humanity, they should like like take it on. But the Republicans are just like, we'll push the humanity back over the river. Well, Rick, you always like to talk about how politics is meme based and like one minute Facebook clip based, and that's totally true. I mean, we don't really have a deep discussion of these issues because that's just not how we talk about politics in this country, especially in the cable news and social media eras. Yeah, there's there's that. There's the the messaging. Republicans are way better at at that. The, oh, the very agree. quick, like this is the message: critical race theory bad. Even though, like, eh, it's not actually a thing. Um, I did. Speaking of memes, I want to bring this meme up. Uh, the year is 2033. Scientists have discovered a meteor barreling toward the Earth, threatening to destroy the planet. Leftists, the leftist view apparently on this meme: if we mobilize now, we can build a series of rockets to knock it off course, which is exactly the 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 show the movie what is on oh, now i forgot the name of the movie with bruce willis and he's they they they're gonna drill bombs into you don't know this movie i'm gonna look it up uh 80 i'm gonna get 87 texts about the 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 meteor coming to earth and then moderate democrats are gonna say uh but how are we going to pay for it <laughs> like how are we gonna pay for these rockets Ah, meteor coming to uh destroy and then the the, the republicans are gonna say uh meteors aren't real Ah. apparently according to this i don't think that would actually happen but according to this meme which is very funny it's a very funny meme only the only way society is i would say like 90 percent of society is taking in their news based on headlines based on memes that they're seeing they're swiping uh swiping up and down on twitter and instagram and facebook and then what one minute clips on twitter from fox news or cnn that's how we're taking in our news yeah pretty much and that's why the discussion of the root causes of immigration issues just isn't going to resonate with the public 
because that's not how the public thinks about political issues. It's not how the public wants to think about political issues. Just like how the Democrats have a real difficulty selling their bills because the public doesn't want a deep dive into the policy implications of passing the Build Back Better bill and the bipartisan infrastructure framework. The Democrats tend to get in the weeds on this stuff and they just lose people as a result. And you're right, Rick, that they're generally not that good at selling their ideas, at messaging their ideas. And that could that could be a sign of big trouble going into the 22 midterms. They've got to sell their ideas. They've got to increase Joe Biden's approval rating to have any hope in the 2022 midterms. Is is the Build Back Better deal lumped into one giant thing? Because if it wasn't, then the, the way you do actually have to pay for it, has it all has to be lumped in because if you don't, then you'd have to individually pay for it. Because if we just voted on, let's just pick one, $150 billion for Medicaid program and supports home health care, helping to clear a backlog of improving working conditions. It's how they get around the filibuster in the Senate, Rick. You're absolutely right. Without this complicated, let's lump everything together into one single bill approach. Without that approach, then it's subject to the 60-vote requirement in the Senate, the filibuster, and then the Democrats are sunk. They know that the only way they can do this is to have a procedure that gets around the 60-vote requirement, this budget reconciliation procedure. That's why they have to go through this really weird and complicated and convoluted process of lumping everything together into one ginormous bill. And you say the Democrats are sunk. But only because not a single Republican is going to vote for things that I think everyday people definitely would want. So, all right, we got to take one more break. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. People don't like to wait on hold for more than two minutes. Like we're, I'm trying to finish finish conversation. They'll wait on hold for like the for Hannity, I think, for for hours and hours. The show is like four hours long. They'll wait on yeah. hold for the whole show. I can't wait on hold for me for two minutes. So, I mean, <laughs> I tried to take, I tried to put you on hold to talk about, talk to you, but then you hung up. Um, uh, a couple of people mad at me for mocking uh, number three. That's that's just how we roll. We're just, I'm not mocking. We weren't mocking number three, but we were uh, having some fun. And hey, also, there was a time crunch there. If too. anything, we give number three credit for giving out good Halloween candy. Yeah, for sure. Um, DNA, his name is DNA on the text line. I don't know what that means, but uh, he brought up that we we're going to change the clocks back an hour. So we're going to, so it's going to be dark next week when you're in here. It's going to be dark by the time we That's leave. It's going to be sad. Um, can we do this the opposite way? Just change them ahead an hour? Donald Trump, I mean, if he would have ran on, we're going to change the clocks because he has brought it up. He said he, would, he wouldn't be opposed to leaving the clocks the way they are now for, for good for all year. Uh, I don't know why politicians should latch onto this. This is how we win elections, things that affect us every day. Yeah, the things that make a practical effect on our lives, like the fact that we don't want it to be dark while we're commuting home. Like, that's just sad and depressing. Um, all right, so I'm trying this, this number three. Number three, you're back. Go ahead. I'm back. I, I, I'm going to make sure Donald Trump gets vitamins. So he can run for the next election. 
Well, he should just eat, uh, you know, whole foods like broccoli. He should, you know, very fussy what he eats. You don't smoke or drink. Yeah, I don't think vitamins are all that great for you either, though. But yeah, your body will throw off the vitamins if it don't need them all. Yeah, just anyway. You're talking about you want free health care. No, I just want universal health care. I want to be able to go to the doctor number three without thinking about or having someone tell me which doctor I want to go to. Okay, well, if you would go down to the southern border and go south of the border, then come across the line that they got drawn in the sand. Yeah. And if you get into this country, if you need brain surgery for $250,000 or if you got a minor hangnail, the government will take care of you. Which government? We, the people of the people, the United States government will make sure your brain is good or that hangnail is taken care of. Oh, but I don't have enough money to pay for that. You don't need any money if you come across the border. I'm already that's here. What I'm trying to tell you it's free. I'm already here. It's not free. No, but that's why I want to take you back down to the southern part of the border so you can come across into the northern part. Okay, I don't, I don't know if I'm following you there. I, I, I would say that I could go to Canada. I've had this conversation before. If I, if I break my arm and it isn't going to cost me like $30,000, I'll just go to Canada and get the universal health care up there. I mean, it's only four hours away. Why would I go to Mexico? Um, not really following. Sorry, number three. Um, what else? Oh, you know what? The, like, let's just reel, in, let's reel it into Wisconsin a little bit. Uh, like last week, we kind of, I think we forgot about this, the Michael Gableman election investigation, and we got about, and we got a couple minutes here. We got five minutes. The investigation continues. Uh, we've seen a Racine County Sheriff um, want more investigations into nursing homes. Yep. Um, this is my. This has always been my theory. We just got to keep doing this step by step, prolonging the fact that the 2020 election wasn't legit somehow, and keep it because that's another talking point for one side or the other going into the next election cycle is look these elections was virginia did the people in virginia were they mad uh were they calling for an election investigation are democrats doing that yet uh, i don't actually glenn youngkin's son who is 17 years old tried to vote twice even though he's not eligible and glenn youngkin's the republican, the, the republican yeah. governor now um, governor, yeah, governor. So, um, with the election investigation that Robert Voss is running, uh, he's hired a Trump supporter and a, and a retired Supreme Court justice and Michael Gableman doing that. It's going to cost like $700,000. That contract ends in December and then we'll keep it going. We'll just keep feeding him more money. Yeah. We know that that's going, that's a low end estimate in terms of the amount of time and the amount of money that it's going to take. Nice, nice job for him, for a guy that that literally said he doesn't know how elections uh, work, the ins and outs. None of us do. I think only a few people in the country would know exactly how elections work, you know, all the ins and outs. So I don't blame him for that. And, you know, congratulate you on your honesty for saying that. Probably shouldn't be in charge of an election investigation, though. Um, but there was kind of a funny thing last week where we didn't know like uh, the, the the media was trying to get some information and kept getting emails back from somebody named Carol, but we didn't know who Carol was. We didn't know who Carol was. She would identify herself as Carol M, but that was it. So we didn't know what the M stood for. There was this woman of mystery who was working for Michael Gableman on his investigation. We cracked the code this week. Uh, Patrick Marley of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel cracked the code. Her name is Carol Mathis, and I don't know why that had to be a secret. Um, I think 
broadly, Michael Gableman's investigation has been highly secretive. We don't know exactly where the investigation is headed, what the goals of the investigation are. But that was a particularly weird example of how cryptic and secretive this investigation has been. Like, why don't you just tell people who's working on this investigation? Well, yeah, we could we should probably know who's working on the investigation there. It's the investigation isn't like a it's not like a police investigation where we're trying to find fugitives who are trying to hide from police. And we shouldn't know how police are invest how or where police are in that investigation, because then that might tip off the people who have. Could you even say that about the Gableman investigation? Maybe, hey, if Gableman told us where they were at in the investigation, those people that are implicated might, you know, they might have to flee the country. Yeah, I mean, I think Michael Gableman doesn't have to tell us everything about this investigation, but I do think because it's at taxpayer expense, he owes us a certain level of transparency about what the objectives of this investigation are. Now, the best I can tell, he's focusing on how private money, most notably from Chan Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, most notably how that was used in certain areas for election administration. That's my best guess at where this investigation is going. But again, Rick, it's a guess. I don't know where this investigation is going. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know how much money it's going to cost. And that's concerning because this is done on the taxpayer's dime. And I think we should be expecting more transparency. All right. That's all we got. Thanks for listening, everybody.